does Kern ever stop talking? You're such a chatterbox, Kern. Why does he always have something to say? Kern talks way too much. This is Chatterbox Kern. Hi guys, I'm so sorry that I have just been able to actually do this recap for the Great British Baking Show or the Great British Bake Off. I've been so busy, so much work doing, I've been camping and I just had a lot doing over the past few weeks. So I'm literally going to try and recap the latest three episodes because the finale is literally upon us, right? The finale is upon us. So I'm just going to skim through what I have written down as fast as I can because I don't want this to be a long recap. So let's get into it. The last time I did a recap, we had about six bakers left, right? So this was after Japanese week, the disaster week, well, chocolate week, right? After chocolate week. And now we are at 90s, 80s week. And here we are. So they started off with the E.T. reference, which was kind of cool with Noel riding the bike. And um, Matt was in the basket pretending to be E.T. That was kind of funny. So yeah, as I said, there were six bakers left. And Hermine was super excited for 90s, 80s week. For some reason, she liked the 90s, 80s, I, I suppose. So she was super excited for that. As well as um, Laura was excited to, excited about it too because she was like she's had a 1980s themed birthday party and she couldn't be happier for that week. Peter, of course, is the youngest of the lot so he has no clue what's going on but he said that when he thinks of 1980s he thinks lots of icing and ruffles. So that, that was, I guess he was kind of on point a little bit especially with the showstopper challenge. So yeah. The signature for that week was quiches. So they had to make eight quiches consisting of two different savory flavors made with a short crust pastry filled with a savory custard base. That sounded so delicious. When I tell you I love quiches, I love quiches. I don't think I've ever made a quiche, but, oh, that, well, that's a lie. I have made a quiche. It didn't turn out as good as the baker's own did, but loved it. So yes, um, they had to make the eight quiches and they had two hours to bake. And finally, Laura was happy about a challenge because for the last few weeks until 1980s week, she just kept saying she was not happy about the challenges and she just did not see herself doing well. And you know, I love Laura. If you've listened to the other recaps, you know, Laura just brings the sunshine and the rainbows. <laughs> So I love Laura and I just wanted her to do well with this one. And she likes quiches too because she bakes them often. So I'm like, okay, this is going to bode well for Laura. Lottie was the second in the 1980s too. Well, not second. Lottie was two years old in the 1980s. So she has no clue what went on in the 1980s. So she doesn't even recall having a quiche according to her. And as I said, Peter was born like two decades after 1980s. So he definitely, <laughs> he even referred to the 1980s as, as medieval history. And that is so funny and taking a big shot at people born in the 1980s because Peter is calling you people really old. That is so funny and that was very cheeky of Peter. <laughs> so yeah, the judges aren't really looking forward 
well, no, they are looking. What they're looking for is that the bakers will have modern flavors. They don't really want the 1980s flavors. Of course, it's a 1980s challenge, which is kind of confusing, but they want it to be filled with modern flavors, with the quiches, that is. So, Peter decides to make a Southeast Asian-inspired coconut curry quiche with crab meat, and when I tell you, salivating, salivating, okay, because I love curry, and I love Southeast Asian food, yummy, especially being in Japan, because I've, I've lived here for quite a while, love it. Laura is making a fiery sausage quiche and a fresh mint petit pois and asparagus, oh my god. If you have not eaten asparagus, get, in, get on the train. Get on the asparagus train because when I tell you, yummy. And I'm really looking forward to Laura's quiche because she's been so happy about it. So, yeah. For the pastry though, you would use egg, flour, and butter. And to get it right, they have to put the dough in the fridge for it to cool down. And it ha this has to be done right before the day. Right, they ha this, sorry. This has to be done right because the day was really hot. Like, I guess the summer in the UK was hot this year because the bakers kept mentioning the fact that they were sweating so much and I was like, whoa. Mark L was still in the competition at this time and he was making a Cornish inspired quiche with Cornish blue cheese and smoked haddock. I've never had a haddock before. I'm not even sure what that is with cheddar. Though I didn't even have an idea what haddock was, I wanted to be in that tent having all those quiches because when I tell you I love quiches, I love quiches and yeah as i said the day was so hot so they really have to work fast because if they if they handle the pastry too long the fat will melt the butter it'll, it'll melt and it'll be hard to shape so they really have to be working fast and it's like oh wow producers paul hollywood crew you could have chosen a different challenge like you could have realized the weather was going to be like this like we get weather notification in advance okay so they could have done the contestants a little bit more justice. Hermine was making a classic quiche with her own recipe using spinach and mushroom and salmon and leek. Love salmon, love leek. This was this was probably my favorite one because I really love salmon. Like you have no idea. I literally would go to any restaurant and as long as they have salmon, I'm having it. Love it. So yeah, she's also adding some French Gruyere cheese and Dijon mustard. And she hadn't even started her pastry yet, but I was like, should I be worried? Because you know you want this to, you want her to do well, because Hermine is like one of those great bakers on the show. Dave is making an English custard, custard features with a scrambled egg. So his quiche had scrambled egg, hash browns, and sausage mince and beef and avocado. It sounded so quite interesting because that was a lot of stuff going on in that quiche. Very interesting. Lottie, who was still in the competition, Lottie, Lottie, Lottie. <laughs> so Lottie was making something similar to Dave in one of the quiches, um, along with black pudding and baked bean. The other is more like a salad with beetroot, walnut, and goat cheese. And I've never had anything like that, and it didn't sound too interesting or delicious because i think one of the judges didn't even like beans like this so yeah but as we as i said before hermine didn't start hers yet and she was running out of time so she was like 
I, I, I really gotta get going. I really gotta get going. Yeah. But like I said, one of the judges didn't like the baked beans and I find it funny how Prue doesn't like baked beans, right? And Paul tells her to, yeah, Prue is the one that didn't like baked beans. And Paul tells her that she should be open-minded. But just a few weeks ago, he didn't, he didn't want to eat the gherkin. He didn't want to eat the gherkin at all. But I guess that's how Paul rolls, right? So the tasting began and they did well. And Hermine, I was worried for her. But her flavors made her get the best feedback. And I'm like, okay, Hermine, this is your challenge. Next up, we have the technical challenge. And the technical challenge, they had to make six custard and six finger donuts. So jam finger donuts, right? And I'm like, they use custard a lot in this competition. Like, there's always some custard going on. But I'm like, it's so crazy because... The, the tent was so hot because of the actual day itself and they had them making donuts and I'm like this is madness poor the bakers like they were sweating like you, you the bakers looked like they threw them in pools of water because that is how hot it was and I'm like this competition happens every year they are, there's always hot days like why can't they just put aircon in the tent like put some remote aircons in the tent like you have the budget for that, I'm sure. Like, come on, the bakers needed that. So yeah, Peter was worried because he'd never deep fried anything in his life. And I'm like, not the technical challenge king. No way. No way. So yeah, they make their dough and kept and they get it proving. So they don't even have to put it in the jar. That is how hot the tent was. Because if they had if, if they don't need to. Because you know when you prove stuff, you want it to be warm and have it, the dough rise at least double in size. But they didn't need to do that. Matt begins to quiz Peter about the, his knowledge of the 1980s. And I'm like, poor kid, he can't even help blushing because he hasn't the slightest clue. He was born a whole two decades after the 1980s. Can you imagine? I mean, I, I, I know Peter's young, but when you think about the 1980s compared to Peter, you're like, whoa. He's young. Like growing up, you'd hear about the 1980s and you're like, oh, that sounded fun. That That is not going to sound fun for Peter. Peter is Gen Z. <laughs> Peter is Gen Z. Okay? So funny. I just really love how they take the piss out of Peter and he just plays right along. So Laura asks whose idea it was for this challenge. And I agree because it makes no sense. The tent is super hot. Right? <laughs> so yeah, Peter... Like I said, he's never done anything like this. So he's just copying what he sees the older incantation folk were doing in the tent. And that's what he did. Noah then asks, who's the best piper? <laughs> As the baker's tar putting in the custard. And Matt responds, it's Peter. <laughs> so he literally walked right into that joke, Peter Piper. Get it? Who's the best, who's the best piper? Peter, Peter Piper. <laughs> So yes, guys, this is literally two weeks old that I wrote this down, but it's still funny when I'm thinking, <laughs> thinking about this joke. It's still funny, okay? And yes, Laura, 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 Laura. Those lines, you got to work on lines because you got to work on getting your lines straight, okay? So as I said, Peter is a technical challenge king and he did well. Hermine, the queen, also smashed it, okay? She smashed this round. 
But poor Dave. Poor Dave didn't do so hot. LOL, get it? He didn't do so hot. And the day was hot. And the tent was hot. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. So Peter was second. And for the first time, Hermine won a technical challenge. And I was so happy. Like, yes, Hermine. She came so close so many times. And now she finally won. Now it's time for the showstopper. Wow. I can't believe I'm actually almost finished with the first episode that I'm recapping on this on this three-parter, right? So yeah, showstopper time. They're making ice cream cake. Look how crazy this is. The hottest day, well, so far up until that point, and they're making ice cream cake. Ice cream cake on a hot day. Imagine that. It's like fucking hell. Ice cream cake though. So that, that's just super cruel. It really is. So yes, Peter's ice cream cake is like a Christmas cake with marzipan on top and covered with a layer of Italian meringue. It sounds so good, right? Hermine is making her this tropical flavors using mangoes and coconut. Laura is making a custard base or Laura made. I'm, I'm talking like it's in the present tense. But anyways, Laura's making a custard base for hers and says that if you can make a custard, you can make an ice cream. <laughs> Famous last words, Laura. Could it be? Anyways, um, and her, she's using, she's making praline ice cream with meringue kisses. I love me some meringue. Mm. Mark L is making a honey ice cream with blackberry mousse and butterscotch and pecan ice cream. And I'm just worried that he's being overly ambitious here, right? Dave is making a tiramisu, and that's. That's smart, because that, that's pretty standard, it's pretty easy to make, he just has to get his flavors right. But he also wants to pipe ice cream on top of the de for the decoration. And I'm like, Dave, no mate, no. On a hot day, you want to pipe ice cream on top of an ice cream cake that's already going to be melting? Like, come on Dave, how does that work? Lottie is even outdoing Dave with her idea, because... She is using chocolate ice cream all around the cake. And at this point, just send her home. Because that to me, that's a rubbish plan. That was a rubbish plan that Lottie was trying to do. Because on a hot day like this, the chocolate would melt. No way would she think that was going to work. Come on, Lottie. But, uh-oh. Laura ran into serious problems, guys. She didn't turn the ice setting on the machine. So her ice cream wasn't cooling when as, as it was churning in the machine so it took a long it would need more time to cool in the freezer and she just didn't have that much time and i was just praying i'm like please just let laura have a good bake please <laughs> poor poor laura so peter again presented a showstopper that was beautifully done but her means simple but effective cake rose to the top and she was the winner of the star baker she this was her first win like we had seven different star bakers for the for the seven weeks up to that point amazing right and it was just so good to hear prue admit in the as they were leaving that she should have gotten that title three or four times and we've all said that we've all seen it that hermine should have been star baker before this should not have been her first time as i said Lottie made a rubbish plan and her cake was a complete disaster as well as Laura's. I mean, I love Laura, but her cake was, was, was ridiculous. But as the gods would have it, as the cake gods would have it, 
Laura's tasted better and Lottie was sent home. Like, you know how I feel about Lottie. I love Laura more. And, I mean, it was a great challenge. They redeemed themselves from the mess that was Japanese week and the crazy mess that was chocolate week that the bakers messed up. And that is the recap for 1980s week. So let's get straight into the recap for dessert week. Dessert week. It is going to be amazing. Does anyone love desserts? Because I love desserts. I love all desserts. I feel like I just love everything. My favorite though is chocolate cheesecake. I can't make it. I always try, but I can't. However, if anyone out there has an amazing chocolate cheese cheesecake recipe, send it to me. Email address current at currentthomas.com or tweet me at currentthomas on Twitter, okay? I would love to hear the recipes that you have. So yes, let's get straight into dessert week. Um, Peter isn't so confident going, going into this week. And I was surprised because Peter's always confident. Like Peter is the freaking baby-faced assassin, okay? As cute as he is, as adorable as cute Peter is, he is that silent, that silent little guy that's crawling up. I mean, he's won stuff before, but because he's just so mellow and chill with that cute little baby face of his, watch out for him. But I was shocked that he wasn't really excited or confident. But according to him, his practice in the week didn't really go well. And I get it. I mean, I get it. And guess what, guys? This is the quarterfinal. Five bakers left. Can you believe it? Five. So the signature challenge, they had to make 12 identical mini cheesecake. <sighs> What did I tell you? I love me some cheesecake. Oh my god. So yeah, the, they had to have a base made from scratch and a flavorful filling. Easy, right? Like, how can you go wrong with cheesecake? I can't believe I just said that. And I just said I can't make it. But yeah, how could they go wrong with cheesecake? Because it's supposed to be very simple. Peter decides to make a ginger and lime cheesecake. Sort of like a key lime pie. Pretty standard, pretty simple, and a smart idea. Laura is going to make a vanilla and passion fruit cheesecake. And I'm like, please, just let her not repeat the 1980s week because it would be so sad. Dave is also going kind of citrusy and his cheesecake is citrus with lime kisses and a passion fruit glaze. I'm like, ooh, sounds so good. Like passion fruit, passion fruit, passion fruit. And then Hermine is using a cinnamon biscuit base with meringue kisses and a lime zest. Hers will be like in mini jars and I think that was a smart idea because she doesn't have to worry about it falling apart but she's also using a passion fruit like flavor and I'm like that's three passion fruit the judges are going to taste like that's competition right there because you're already being compared to other bakers and you're all making the same passion fruit kind of inspired cheesecake risky Mark's own is a is a vanilla and mascarpone cheesecake with glazed apricot on top love apricot i didn't even realize apricot was so good when i was growing up but when i had dried apricot for the first time died love it love apricot so baking a cheesecake as i said isn't easy and i thought it would have been but i guess it it wasn't but before that though i thought mark would have done something in indian inspired because you know he just loved the in indian stuff and nothing is wrong but for the first time really he's jumped out of that um ear that uh field so yeah baking a cheesecake isn't easy because you don't want to overbake them as they'll crack and if it's underbaked it'll sink in the middle and poor peter's sunk for the first time peter messed up like this 
in my eyes. Marx was overbaked and so was Hermine's. So sad. Then comes the cooking bit. It's like if rushed, as I said before, there's a risk of it cracking and dipping. If done too slowly, they won't set in time to support the topping and decorations. Sad. And as I said, for the first time, I was worried for Peter because he didn't do so well and neither did Mark. And if any of them end up in the bottom, I'm like, Mark has to go because he can't send Peter home. He's too adorable and he's been doing so well throughout the competition. But you never know. It, you just can mess up once, then you're out of there. Yep. So now it's time for the technical challenge and they had to make something called a Sussex Pond Pudding with sweet pastry and it should be golden. The filling should ooze out a lemony pond and be served with creme anglaise. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? I'm like, what is that? Like, what kind of challenge is this? Because it doesn't make sense. I was so focused on this challenge because... I'm like, the king of technical challenge is worried. As I said, Peter, the baby-faced assassin, was worried. Like, what the fuck is a Sussex pudding? And it's like, none of them were able to actually make it. Because it was it was a ridiculous challenge, I feel like. I don't care if this is Prue's favorite dessert. It's ridiculous. No one eats this fucking shit. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean it like that. But you know what I mean. No one eats that now in 2020. And it was a perfect metaphor for 2020 is honest to god it was because it looked rubbish no one did a good job it was just fucking bullshit as i said before like no one is making this in 2020 sorry pro no one is but crazy what happened is in a shocking freaking twist laura won the, the technical challenge laura won but yet her comments weren't so good but it, it, it didn't make any sense i mean they, they had to choose a winner they had to but this was a, a bullshit just a techni technical challenge if I've ever seen one. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Sorry. Now it's time for the showstopper. And they had to make a jelly art design cake. One layer should include a baked sponge. Guys, I've always wanted to see how they make these jelly cakes. Because they have a lot of them here in Japan. And when I tell you, I was completely amazed with the work that the bakers did. Completely, ama completely amazed. Like going into the challenge as I said, Peter was at the bottom and I was scared for him. Because I'm like, no, please, he can't go home. Like if, because he didn't do well throughout the, throughout the whole thing. Luckily, he was saved. Thank God, the babyface assassin lived on. And Hermine came with the win with one of the best cakes I've ever seen on this competition. Ever. That's two wins in a row two weeks for her mean i mean she can't go anywhere right let's find out in the next recap and we are really caught up we are caught up and we're at patisserie week yes oh i didn't tell you who went home mark went home so we have now in patisserie week four bakers semi finals baby semi freaking finals yes I'm rooting for my girl Hermine, rooting for my boy Peter, the baby-faced assassin, and I'm rooting for Laura. Like, Dave, is, Dave seems like a nice guy, but going into this week, that those are who I was rooting for. Hermine, Laura, and Peter. But here it goes. The signature challenge, all four remaining contestants had to make 12 identical pat patisserie, how do you say this word? 
patisserie, patisserie. In Japan, they say patisserie. So, patisserie, patisserie, using a pat, pate savron. <laughs> I think I said that right. Pate savron. That you don't roll your tongue. That's Spanish. So, pate savron, which is a yeasted and rich dough, and it can be any shape or flavor, and soaked in a syrup of the baker's choosing. That sounds interesting, right? Sounds delicious. So I'm like, this should be Hermine's strong suit because she she's a pastry chef. Like that's what she does. She learned all of this in France, and I think the judges had that in mind too. And you'll hear my comments toward the end about this. So yeah, but the heat again, the heat just was rising in the damn tent. And I'm thinking England, as I said, must have had a really fucking hot summer this past summer in 2020 because whoa, three hot weeks in a row. So Hermine is making rum baba with an apricot glaze. Love me some apricot, and Laura is making the same thing, but it's more tropical in flavor. Dave has a mango and passion fruit savron, will and it will be soaked in tequila with a chantilly cream filling. Sounds so good. I think he also has a mango curd. That's the the savron. It will be sat on the mango curd. Like I didn't really like mangoes, and then I liked them. Then I didn't like them. So I'm a bit iffy about that with Dave. And Peter decided to scale back on the complicated stuff, and he just and he's just making a simple strawberry elderflower baba. I'm like that is a smart idea for Peter to scale back right now, but still do something elegant and present it because it's patisserie week, and you want it to present well, right? You want to have enough time to pay attention to the details of the presentation because the taste is important, but the presentation is also important because no one is gonna eat slop. No one wants to look at something and think it looks disgusting and still eat it. That's not that's not going to happen ever, ever. And he he didn't put alcohol in his, and I'm like, oh, he's so innocent because he doesn't really drink much. Such a baby. <laughs> so as I said, because the temperatures were high, they can't overprove the dough, and or they can't underprove it, else it'll tear or fall apart or fall flat rather. And as they all pull the babas out of the oven, Hermine decides to start over because she didn't like how hers looked with just one hour left as she underproved them. And I'm like, oh my god, please, this can't be a foreshadowing of what's going to come for the rest of the episode because it would just make me go crazy, right? So, I guess it didn't, it didn't turn out well because Hermine did not really get good feedback. Peter received a handshake from Paul for his savron as they were the best. And Laura's, Laura's bit, Laura's bit was also okay. But she's like, she's bored with the judges' comments because they've all been the same throughout the season. It tastes good but looks a mess. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, Laura, that should tell you something that you need to work on presentation because it does matter. Okay, it does. So going into the technical challenge, Hermine is already in a bit of trouble because hers didn't turn out so well. So yes, for the technical challenge, they had to make a Danish, not Danish, a Danish cornucopia which is a traditional Danish celebration cake with the horn called the Horn of Plenty. And I'm like, this sounds good, but hard as fuck. Like, whoa. To get the horn shape, they have to stack rings of dough on top of each other. The dough has to be firm on the outside, but chewy on the inside. And I'm like, what the hell kind of cake is this? 
right? It's hard on the outside and chewy in the middle. What is that? What is that? And I'm like, of course the bakers have no idea what's going on because it makes no sense. And I hate when they do this to the bakers because they legit have breakdowns and Laura started crying because she couldn't make it work. She had no clue what to do. Matt offered up some words of encouragement. It was kind of cool. You know, he encouraged her to say, come on, Laura, don't give up. Keep fighting. And she decides to continue and still put something out. Peter seems very confident. So his confidence is rising because his comment was good in the signature. And now for this one, he's like, I know exactly what to do. And I mean, he, he does know. He's a king of the freaking technical challenges. He really has never really messed up that badly. Hermine redeemed herself though. She redeemed herself and Laura bombed this. So Her Hermine stepped up. Laura has sunk. This is now two challenges Laura hasn't done well in so far. Hermine didn't do so well in one and now she's done well in one. So you, you already see what's going, what's going to happen here. It's either going to be Hermine or Laura that will be going home in the showstopper. And I'm just like super sad already because I don't want any of them to go. I don't at all. So yeah, as I said, Hermine redeemed herself, but Peter won, which is so strange to me. He won because of decorations and not necessarily because his was better than Hermine's. He won because his icing, the royal icing was was like falling off or being or placed on the side of the actual cake. Hermine did hers like a star shape and Peter did his dripping down. Almost like a drizzle cake. You know those cakes that drizzle down? That's literally why Peter won. Not because of taste. Because Hermine had the perfect shape horn. And her taste was okay. The judges didn't say anything about the taste. It was just that. It was decorated well. And I'm like, what kind of fucking shit is that, Paul? But I, I kind of saw what was going to happen here. I saw, and you probably will too, based on if you're listening to this recap and now it's time for the showstopper they had to make 25 mini cube cakes 20 freaking five peter is making a raspberry and pistachio cube cake so uh that's three flavors and three different mousses and i'm like he's really going all out isn't he like he's like listen this is the semifinals and i gotta make it to the final and i'm putting pulling out all the stops that makes sense that makes sense Hermine had a rough week practicing according to her so she decided to change her plan the day before and I started scratching my head immediately because I just can't believe Hermine is doing this. I mean it's a risky move but we'll see how it works right? So she's she's having two, cake, two cakes for her and her flavors are coffee and praline and cherry and chocolate and I'm like she really has me so worried she really does. Dave's cake is all chocolate and I'm here for it because I said I love me some chocolate cake especially chocolate cheesecake my favorite so yeah his would have white milk and dark chocolate inside and I'm like last time they did chocolate week things didn't go so well so why Dave why <laughs> Laura's cakes will be five layers inside and a chocolate sponge two mousses and white not white, whole cho cherries and I'm like, that sounds so good. And if she if she executes it well, she is going to smash it. But as the challenge continued, it was clear who was in trouble. As her mean, based on the, she put too much gelatin in one of the mixtures. So it, it was so rubbery and the other mousse didn't set properly. 
and it came down to her and Laura because Laura's glaze didn't set well. It just kept running off. And they sent Hermine home. Hermine was sent home, guys. Shocked. Twitter was in an uproar. Because the, not that we hate Laura. Well, I don't. I love Laura. But a lot of people were saying, how can you just use that one incident or one bad bake and send Hermine home when Laura has literally been told the same thing since the competition has started that she needs to work on presentation. Yes, her flavors are good, but no one is going to buy Laura's stuff if it doesn't look good in a, in a space shop. No one is going to do that. No one's going to do that at all. And I feel so bad for Hermine because she messed up. She did. But I feel like for this competition, yes, you have to look at the new week that's starting and what, what's going on. But sometimes, some bakers, you have to look at their package. And Hermine had a better package than Laura. She did. I mean, even, even if then they didn't, they didn't want to do that, they could have kept all four people. Like, it's your show. You can do what you want. You could literally have kept all four and put them into the finals. It would have been so good. I mean, her, like I said, Hermine messed up. And it's not Laura's fault that she actually had good flavors in the end. But... It's not like Hermine cake wasn't so bad. I guess the rubbery one was the downfall. The, the, the one that didn't have the mousse set properly was okay. But the rubbery one, too much gelatin, that was the issue. And I just feel so bad. And Peter won. Peter literally won all three rounds this week. The signature, the technical, and the showstopper. Brilliant. This baby-faced assassin is coming in strong for the, for the finale. And I can't wait. And that is it for the recap. I hope I wasn't speaking so fast. I really hope I wasn't. And thank you guys so much for listening. Because I love me some Great British Baking Show. GBBO, Great British Bake Off. And I also talk a lot about other things. And I have a special episode coming out this Wednesday. So I hope you guys please click it and listen. It's like a dedication or a tribute to one of my cousins. And I really hope you guys listen to it because it meant it would mean a